Come on in. We welcome everyone watching on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. Wherever you've downloaded our multi-platform podcast or listening on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. I'm Nick Kiprios. He's Justin Bourne, Derek Brendeo, Jennifer Rolnick, and Sammy McKee along for the ride. Toronto and Winnipeg day off yesterday. Two points out of Boston. Any which way or form gets you your day off. I imagine this time of year, and I think this is actually probably an evolution from when you were playing, but days off now, like they'll barely practice in April, I bet. You guys probably practiced the whole way through. Well, this is where the game has evolved, and this is where uh, sleep doctors and nutritionists, science science comes into play, and everybody outthinks everyone. Uh, uh, There's someone smarter in the room than you. Yeah. If you can convince everyone you're the smart one, you get the money. It's a whole new type of competitiveness. Until it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> then you're just a dumbass. <laughs> Which, don't rule it out, there are some people who leave in disgrace with that reputation. Leafs hosting the Winnipeg Jets tonight at Scotiabank Arena for the first time uh, since uh, the game in Winnipeg, guys. Which gets us down a topic of uh, what we can expect, style of play, of course, uh, the morning skate uh, revealed a few different things today. Before we get into style of play tonight, yep. w- where do you want to go first? The, the mere fact that, oh, let me put my surprise face on. Mrazic's gone for a, a great length of time here. Six weeks. Don't worry. He'll come back in round two and start game one. Nah, it's not happening. But he is out for six weeks, and that is problematic. Um, why don't we go to Sheldon Keefe for his update on the Mrazic situation? Don't worry. Uh, you know, we're just, uh, this is me, Sheldon Keefe, through my impression. I'll, I'll fall, uh, you know, uh, we didn't get things organized back here quickly enough. <laughs> <laughs> we never throw to a clip at 3 0 We really we, you know, we know. the spot out of the game. No, I mean, listen, we sit back here, and it's kind of our job. <laughs> but I didn't tell them anything. You know, I gave them a lineup. But hey, right. quickly before we get to that, would you guys believe me if I told you I have a tea time tomorrow or on Saturday? Mental. You're absolutely mental. You called me a fair weather golfer before, but this is the, whatever the opposite of that is. Don Valley Golf Course up on uh, Young Street at 11.20 a.m. on Saturday morning. I have a tea time. It's a mud bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I'm bringing my rubber boots and my clubs. One of your 14's got to be a shovel. I'm I'm desperate to play. And they're desperate to have you. Yeah, they're like, give me your money, idiot. You're going to come out here and play in the mud. I also, uh, I feel like for people who don't have a Sam cam, Sam is going to the game tonight. Um, I'm going to upload a picture to the chat if I can. He's looking dapper tonight, isn't he? Today, isn't he? All dolled up. I don't know if we want a Sam Cam. <laughs> I can't decide if it's a good or a bad no. thing. No, I think the, the mystery is Sam. Like Wilson and Home Improvement, just keep but, him behind the fence? But it's only a matter of time because uh, Sam made it abundantly clear that he was a relatively uh, Joe Schmo on his uh, men's, ho- men's league uh, hockey team. Yeah, they didn't even know he was a radio no, guy. N- now they do, though. Oh. So who let the secret out? I don't know. That you are a podcast star right I, now. I don't know. It, 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 word spread. Word spread. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't usually tell people that I work in radio. Or and now work in the, they yeah. got a different feel for uh, our Sammy. Uh, Every time he comes into the room, oh, it's yes. like, we don't know what to think about the lease. Let's ask Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> He's been forced uh, to think apparently about it. Apparently, I did, screwed up. The correct clip isn't in there for that. That's but fine. let me tell you, he told us that 
Peter Mrazek's going to be out for six weeks, um, that he was upset that he was getting traction here, that he was playing well, and now he's out for six weeks again. He's getting a second opinion. I summed up the clip. Do we have the one? We do. We have everything. We have everything else. Okay, we have, well, let, we, let's go there. With, well, or do you want, do you want to weigh no, in on No, well, that? yeah, I don't care. Go, uh, go to a Clippers. All right, confidence in goaltending, go to Sheldon a Keith. Clipper. Let's start there. Well, Sheldon has done a great job. He's won big games for us. He comes in the other night. On the road against the Boston Bruins, you know, with lots of game left, and it's a tight game at that point. And, um, yeah, you know, Carolina in here. I mean, he's won some big hockey games, and he's done really well. I think he's, he's gaining confidence the more comf- comfortable he gets here. Obviously, Jack is right on the cusp of returning um, and looks really good, you know. So, from that sense, well, we, uh, we feel good. But most importantly, at this point for me, as I've been talking about all the way through this, through this season is certainly the last little stretch. It's just how I'm focused on how we play as a team. And when we play like we have been playing, it gives no matter who's in goal a great chance of success. And we've seen that here of late. Yeah, he's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, since his comments way back on soft and purposeless. Mm-hmm. He's been incredibly positive and reinforcing yes. for a very long stretch here. But you know what sucks is I've also felt him get away from what felt like a lot of honesty to like doing the right thing. He's saying the things that won't blow up now, which yes. is, I don't want that. That's no good for Kipper's Clippers. Because really, wouldn't either what's, way, what's he really thinking? Either Kipper? way, we, we go underneath the surface. You know that. Yeah, we're the we, first ones to say this is what he's really thinking. And what he is really thinking is Peter Mrazek can go uh, catch the next train back to Prague and not come back. So, Sammy, you put out on your Twitter feed. Um, to my 200 followers. At, at uh, Superfan Sammy. What, what is your address? <laughs> Sam, Sam A. McKee on Twitter. Sam A. McKee on Twitter. You had a poll. Mm-hmm. And then the poll was, do we do we think that uh, Peter Mrazek has played his last game as a Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah. Do we ever see Peter Mrazek play another game for the Leafs? And, and what are the results? So we're up to 797 votes because uh, of Borny's millions of followers. He retweeted it. I, I should have, uh, that's okay. but I don't follow you. I don't do that. <laughs> That'll be the best. Um, <laughs> we're at thirty uh, percent of people think he will play again for the Leafs. Seventy percent of people think he will not play again for the Leafs. Seventy percent of people think that's the end of Peter Mrazek. So let okay, me ask let's you: think this thing through for okay, a second okay. because it, it's it's not easy. It's it's a little complicated. But uh, I'll, I'll get your thoughts first. What's what's the easy one? Yes. He's done? Well, I, I did vote, and I voted that, he yes, would he would not play another game for the Leafs was my vote. However, I didn't realize that you were going to actually think about this practically. I thought this would be my knee jerk, which is like, ah, he's the end of it. But yeah. now, now when you think about it, he's going to want the rest of that money, and he's going to be owed $7.8 million yes. over two seasons. That's right. There is not going to be another NHL team who's going to say, yes, we would like to pay him that money for his services, which, you know, he doesn't play. So... Well, you know the alt. I don't know. Yes, he's most likely back. I don't see how they get rid of him unless they move a pick. It is. A, it's a. It's a tough one. No, no question. Yeah. It's a tough one. And even if you move a pick, you have to be the receiving team to look at your owner and saying, "We why are we doing this? The, 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 there's value here. Oh, he he popped his groin four times last season, but he won't with us. Yeah. Like, how do you go and tell that owner? I don't know. Yeah, you can't sell anyone on the groin thing. The only so, thing, I guess, is if he decides his groin can't hold up and he just doesn't want to do it. How old is Yeah, you, you got to assume at this point, is he 30? No, he's older. 31? 
Peter Mrazek age. He's not that old. 30. 30. Yes. Born in 92. Thank you. Wow. So he's still young. He wants yeah. to play, but to your point, he wants his money. Now, people are starting to say they'll buy him out. Oh. No. That was going to be my next question. Yes. Do you want that cap casualty over the next what, four what's years? The, what's Listen, the number? But, but you got you to gotta think strategically if you're Peter Morazic and you don't want two-thirds of that contract. You want all of it. Mm-hmm. You cannot buy a guy out who's hurt. He has to deem himself physically fit. Mm-hmm. The Leafs have to check him off. Then you can have the option of buying him out. The buyout period mm-hmm. is a small window, I think, June to July. Oh, this is fascinating. So yes. he may want to stay hurt yes. through July. That's right. Yeah. So that means all of next year, you're guaranteed your 3.9, and you don't open it up for the Toronto Maple Leafs to buy you out. Yeah. And if they end up buying a one year or whatever they want to do at that point, it's, you know, so you've he got can a big make, chunk of your money. He can make the decision to saying, um, it, it it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And he's going to do that between June 29th and July 12th. Okay. That's the buyout period. So he was, he was born on Valentine's Day, by the way, Peter Morazic. Oh. He's such a lover. Anyways, continue. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. I have no idea. That's like uh, useless information <laughs> by Sammy. I just had it in front of when me. When we first pitched this show or worked, uh, did pilots of the show, we did useful or useless as a segment, which we've gotten away from. But that would have qualified yes. as they, a useless. They would love him to go to Robida Island. Yes. So what is... Uh, in a perfect world, if he is healthy in six weeks, we are talking, are we talking uh, uh, middle of the first round? Are we talking about early second round? Yeah, six weeks takes you to the middle of May, which is right when the first round should be wrapping, wrapping up. So, yeah, you're looking at he'll be ready for the second round of playoffs. I don't see any scenario where you, even if he got healthy, would he be in a position to back up Jack. And- well, I wonder that. Like, if Shelgren's been practicing, been on the bench for the first round, you won a playoff series, would you suddenly but tap? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, oh, a playoff round wouldn't be over because the last game of the season is on 29th. the 29th of April. And then they probably would play that, you know, they would go over and play this, the, the Wednesday after that. So the 6th is six weeks from now. May 6th is six weeks from now. Okay. Oh, for, from tomorrow, sorry. So... Like he, they would probably be heading into game two in oh, the first round yeah. with him. So if he can get back a little earlier, could he potentially be ready? That's gone well. Go hit him getting back earlier. That's yeah. not gone well. So I, even if he's back healthy, like you were just alluding to, if he's back healthy-ish of some sort, but Shalgren's been back, backing up, he's been playing games down the stretch, I'm sorry, there's just no way you can put him onto the bench into a game that you might need them or a series that you might need no. them. There's just, you can't depend on it. They're at the point where, you know, when you had the two goalies, you thought you would start one guy, and if things went poorly, you might be able to go to the other guy. They are now at the point where they are going with Campbell until he's hurt or until it's a game where they're down 6 nothing and they can't win it anyway. Like, there's no moment, I don't think, where you're saying Shelgren's our guy. It's game two, Campbell didn't win game one, you're going to go with Shelgren. Like, that's not an option. So this is, we talked about uh, Campbell not loving the pressure from the back. There's a whole new pressure that it's you or nothing. There is probably a second buyout window, but that would have to be around salary ARB, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So you can, I think, if there's another year 
uh, available, there mm-hmm. might be an, op- an opportunity to, to buy that out. Okay. But that, uh, Keep an eye it, on that. Wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't uh, qualify, I think, Morazic in any scenario. That, that would be the only window, I think, the, the June-July one. Um, but this does leave the Leafs and Kyle Dubas very vulnerable. Uh, Morazic was handpicked to mm-hmm. come in and be the experienced guy for an inexperienced Jack Campbell. Now you're in the hands of Jack getting hot again like he did in the first half, but still with, like, zero playoff experience. He's good guaranteed. last year. Last year he played. Campbell was a, a 9.25 yeah. or something. Well, yeah, okay. was actually Is that enough for you? That yeah. Is What's that it? enough? Unproven? Oh, yeah. is, that, is that proven now? Oh, yeah. Six, I speak played. of inexperience. I mean unproven. <laughs> no, he played six good games. What else? What else do you need? Listen, it's dicey. We know it's dicey. It's scary, but it's what they got. They're going forward with it. Fingers crossed for Sammy and the crew. Jack uh, Campbell, as we said to uh, listeners uh, earlier, cleared to play. Mm -hmm. I really think if, in fact, Mrazek finishes the game in Boston and is healthy and feeling good, there could have been an opportunity for Jack to play tonight. Without Mrazek there now, is this the Leafs being overly cautious to give him one more day yeah. of rest sure, with you, Shalgren going in tonight. You can't afford to rush him even a day and have, it, have him not be ready. So I also think, how much do you guys think the Leafs are playing to finish as high up the standings as they can? Like, I get the impression from talking to everyone, and this is not Leaf talking to anyone with the Leafs, but just people around the team, that, like, they're going to play a good team, they would like to have home ice, but they're not going to kill themselves for it. Case in point, the lineup tonight, I don't think they think it's their best lineup. I just, I, I don't know how, how much you think they're killing themselves. To You know, Shelgren tonight is a great example. They're not grinding for points. They play 15 times yeah. in 30 games here. You know, sometimes you just have to throw a lineup out there and hope they get her done. And like Keith said, it's not like Shelgren's been bad. Shulgin's been pretty good. Like, I think he's shown them enough to have a, some sort of confidence They're, they're less nervous than they were sure. three weeks ago with well, him. Like, I mean, how much more faith would you have in Mrazek in the net healthy than you would Shulgin? It's, it's a toss-up. Speaking of uh, the lineup, uh, we'll start on the back end first. Okay. Labushkin is out of the lineup. Uh, Sheldon Keefe uh, gave us his thoughts uh, on this next uh, Kippers Clipper. I, I mean, it's not, not my job to... to to make those decisions. The league handles those decisions. You know, obviously, I'm disappointed that we lost the player in the game and put us in a real tough spot as a team as a result. And he's not available for us to play tonight. He's a guy who has been playing very well for us. So for him to not be available as a result of a, a play like that is, is tough, to, tough to take. But, uh, you know, we, we'll uh, move on from here. We, we're happy to hear that it looks like it's not going to be serious. It's gonna, not going to hold him out for too long. We hope he continues to progress and will be available for us in the near future. It's a lot of people weighing in on, again, the, 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 the force of the hit mm-hmm. and where it hit him. And some have suggested to me that uh, it was actually the thumb yeah. that caught him. Yeah. Right? Like and reaching and around for... Uh, as we know on a hockey glove, that, that thumb... It's the only hard thing on it. Really. Sometimes it's really convenient to poke somebody in the eye with it. <laughs> that it could look really... You would never do something like it that. It could different. look really, like, innocent and, yeah. and nothing to it. 
But that thumb can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Yeah, gloves now are pretty pliable and soft, but the thumb's a pretty sturdy item there. I, I, that's what I thought, too. My, my first glance at it, it just catches them right in the button on the jaw. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem... Didn't seem like a direct punch. You know, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. I, I have been surprised seeing some of the response to it. Some people really think it was a nothing play, like an absolute nothing play that Labushkin should have been ready for something retaliatory after hitting a guy into the boards awkwardly. He, he has given the Leafs that one look that they have been missing for a long time, and that is, look out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come after you. Yeah. And he's taking, since he's been here, half a dozen legitimate runs at guys mm-hmm. that could hurt you if if you're you don't have your head up it is interesting though in that scenario that you know he makes the hit and he's skating away do you think there's anything where he should be anticipating a mat and yeah, angry player that, that coming would, at him that would be me i would never turn my back on a guy just try to drive into the boards yeah i i guess what do you think sammy well He's looking up ice. He separated the man from the puck. He's looking up ice. In his mind, he probably didn't think it was that dirty. He's a physical player. Yeah. And he's probably not thinking that Taylor Hall, who isn't really the toughest guy on the ice, is going to sucker him from behind. Yeah. Hey, you put on that black and gold and you just turn into a tough guy, eh? <laughs> Holy smokes, Taylor Hall. Landed one on the button. So no Labushkin tonight. Who comes yeah. in? Carl? Uh, Dahlstrom. Dahlstrom. Your your third pair tonight is Dahlstrom Lilligren. So, so it, it changes uh, the dynamics for the Lily Pad tonight. Oh, Lily's <laughs> been with Ry- yeah Morgan Riley and Mark Giordano for you know you say two of the whatever best defensemen in the league. So a little interesting to get uh, Dahlstrom. I imagine that will change how he's expected to play, carry a pair rather than be the guy. That lineup Carried. change is not as perplexing as the one I'm going to ask you guys ro- right now. And that is Blackwell out of the lineup tonight. Mm-hmm. Coach's choice. Before we go on, let's get Sheldon Keefe's comments on the decision on the fourth line. Well, I think it's going to be a physical game. We're hoping so. I mean, we, all of our games have been more physical of late. And I think part of that is just our, our team has been very purposeful in, in being more physical and being more engaged in that sense. Um, so, yeah, having those guys in, I mean, obviously Simmer missed last game. We don't want to have him sitting for too long. Uh, Blackwell probably played his best game uh, the other night, and he'll go right back in on Saturday. But, uh, um, you know, I wanted to get these three veteran guys an opportunity to come in and play in a very hard and competitive game uh, against uh, you know a team that, you know, those three guys played and it didn't go so well for us last time around. So here we go. Uh, Give them another opportunity to play. Um, didn't have a lot of other options to take out, so that's why I talked to to Blackwell about the situation. Um, he is going to go right back in because he's, he's, he did a really good job for us for the night, not just in scoring, but how he played. Uh, you know how he helped that line, how he played us at center, and uh, I've talked to the other three guys about. You know they, they've they've all three of them to me have got to continue to get better. Because, you know Blackwell has. Uh, Come in and done a good job for us, and he's he's got a leg up on them. But we, you know, those are veteran guys that we respect greatly, and, and we want them to continue to find their game. Kate, I've been around the game a long time. Somebody explain to me why Blackwell's not playing tonight. Well, you see, he's not playing because he played very well last game, his best game. He scored. He really likes him. He's got a leg up on those guys. Say no more. I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> 
Seriously. That don't make no sense. Thank you, Derek. Well done, Derek. That one is probably as appropriate as anything we've heard all year. Whale's vagina. (laughs) Okay, that was worse. I get... I get that there's some breathing room. And we talked about this a week and a half ago. There is no push to save your season, unlike the Winnipeg Jets tonight, in a must win. Mm -hmm. There isn't that factor. But you don't have to treat games from here on in as if it's an open tryout. Okay, I'll play Sheldon Keefe in the decision-making here. Uh, here's, Here's my thought process. You know, I don't want to lose Wayne Simmons. I want him to, you know, not be frustrated. I want him to get in and give him a chance to play well, to be a part of this thing come playoffs. I don't want him just to rot. He's been healthy scratch four or seven times. I want to get him back in. I liked Clifford a lot, and I think this last game in Boston threw a lot of hits. I think it's going to be a physical game uh, against Winnipeg. Which he alluded to. Yeah. He said, I hope so. So we we do know that there is that feel of the last time they met in Winnipeg where – Pionk goes after Sandine, knocks him out. Spezza comes in. So we're getting that feel. Mm. No problem at all with Wayne Simmons coming in. I'm okay with that. At least I know he'll chirp. And leaving Clifford in. And leaving Clifford in. So then Spezza for you? You know what? No. Spezza you want in? Keep him in. Spezza was a guy who threw the the knee on Pionk, and he's the one that's... I'm telling you who I would take out of the lineup tonight. Michael Bunting. Wow. Yes. We're going right up to the top I, deck. I, yeah. I thought you were going to say Willie. I was like, oh, nope. God, here we go. <laughs> no, nope. I'd give Bunting a rest. Yeah. That guy, as we talked about yesterday, looks a little tired. His timing's off, guys. We know. He, we went through some of his game before the show. He is oh. at his best when he's, his timing's impeccable. It's off. And Sammy, you, you alluded to this and you said we didn't mention it yesterday, but it's, it's a, it's really appropriate to talk about that two on O he had in in Boston with Mitch Marner, where it's like he you're not ready for that return pass. You started peeling off. Like how do you where do you just think for sure that it's Mitch Marner? He's March, Mitch Marner is not going to give it back to you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe skate to the net with your stick on the ice in the slot. Yeah. Like don't peel I, I to the corner. Look back at the iPad and the bench and went ah, and I messed up. Even even when he should finish his check he misses his his timing was off a yeah. couple times he's pushing snow yeah. recognize that he's a guy that hasn't done it at this point take your take take the foot off his his gas pedal a little bit and he, just let him regroup there's not I, many I, options I for guys pushed, to pull out i would have pushed everybody up you, you i would have pushed blackwell up mm-hmm. and in all in all theory i think blackwell could go in there with mitch marner and and uh, play a and game on the wing, Matthews, and have the speed and have enough IQ to say, I got to get these guys the puck. I actually think they're fairly comparable players. You know? I, I really think he could have gone in there, yeah. but do not take that guy out. Yeah, I think it sends the wrong message to not put in the lineup, you know, someone who deserves to be in, someone who played well. Like, I think here's my, my one thought on this, why it's not such a huge deal. How much better is the Leafs lineup with Blackwell in and, say, Spezza out? Like, 1% better? 2%? You know, like, it's not... I don't think the Leafs Five, are marginally worse with... with 7% better? that much of a swing? I, I, well, I just... I think Blackwell's better at being a fourth liner than Spezza is. Yeah. Yeah, that... I would have heard that case. The Clifford thing, I like the idea of... 
you know, I don't want Winnipeg to go and just go down five nothing, realize their season's over tonight, and start taking runs at guys. I don't know. I, I don't mind having a couple of. I don't mind in. that uh, he wants to see some different things, but we are too close now to the playoffs where he should be thinking now of what my lineup could look like in game one. Mm-hmm. And in no scenario do you picture you not playing Blackwell in game one. No, he's in. He's. I mean, he said it today. He's so got a leg I, up on I, those guys. I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't take him out unless I feel like he needs some rest, he needs a reset, all of that can come into play. But I go to I, I go to Michael Bunting first before I would do Blackwell. And to back you up on this, it's not such a big deal to miss one hockey game. To say to a guy, hey, look, someone had to come out. You're going to sit one out. You didn't think you'd been good for a few games. You'll be back in on Saturday. Like, it's not. But he doesn't do that. Look how long it took him to, to say, I've had enough of Willie Nylander. It took him three months. I think he, he, in this instance, is afraid of, like, damaging the confidence of a guy who had become found money for, for them. And if he struggles, boy. Only too long. Yeah. No, you're right. I Good to stay on top of guys. Why don't we listen to uh, Keith on the fourth line, and we'll, uh, we'll continue this conversation. Yeah. We weren't happy with how that game went for us, you know, um, but it's, it's really just we're focused on getting a win here tonight. This is two important, two important points for us, and, uh, you know, we need them, so we need to be prepared to win, but at the same time, you know, whatever their game brings, and it's not just for tonight, but it's, it's for the rest of the season. It's through, you know, uh, playoffs all that kind of stuff we've got to be be prepared to compete and play within whatever the game is going to bring and provide and be comfortable inside that so some of that goes into the decisions so basically he said i'm expecting a hoot nanny tonight <laughs> good <laughs> a brouhaha hoot, hoot which nanny. is unlike the toronto maple Leafs, and it's unlike keith to do this like so I, I really feel like he thinks something's going so down. i'm i'm fine with him bringing in wayne simmons that part I get, and I'm on board for that. Does he play five minutes? Does he play seven minutes? But can he can he talk to some people out on the ice? If you're, would you have bet that Simmons would have had something to say to Brad Marchand cross checking your your captain two or three times mm-hmm. in the game? Sometimes that's just enough, guys. Sometimes it's just the optics. Of somebody saying something to someone. Wayne Simmons can do that. We know that. Is he going to drop his glove? Yeah, maybe once every 15 games, 20 games. You argue whether it's enough or not. But tonight, it's appropriate that he's in the lineup. Just just don't don't hurt the guys that have done well for you. You've won every game with Blackwell. It's going well right now. Mm. Let the guy run with it a little bit. You know, they they have a couple of guys like Adam Lowry fights, uh, Logan Stanley fights, Brendan Dillon will fight. You know, they got a couple of bigger guys. They're also back to back. Yeah. They're tired. Yeah. And there is every reason to believe that, uh, you know, they're not going to have much in the the tank tonight. And particularly with the lineup the Leafs are dressing, I don't expect much. I don't expect anything, quite frankly. Like, I don't think, I don't know if Winnipeg's holding on. Maybe that's what of... Sheldon sees, uh, an yeah, opportunity well, of a, of a tired just... team to come in and, yeah. and, and let's, let's pounce on them. Let's cross-check them so, a, a few times. Maybe get some, some attitude uh, going towards the playoffs. Maybe that's the focus tonight. Yeah, like, and you've got some stats that we'll get into in a little bit about the Jets and and the Leafs opportunity here on this team, but excuse me, I just 
maybe the opportunity thing, seeing a chance to get these guys, to get Simmons back in against this team and potentially against his former team. Up his relevance. Up his, get his former team in Philly on Saturday night. And then, you know, they get into some big games against, against uh, they play Tampa Monday. They play the Cats Tuesday. Then they go to Dallas. Like maybe there's a few games here where it's like, hey, here you go, Simmons. And then it's, and then it. Yeah. turns into the spot where he doesn't get back into the lineup for a stretch. I don't really Basically, know. Clifford has to play a perfect hockey game tonight or he's not playing the next night because they're going they're going to Philly, so Simmons, they're going to want to have Simmons, Simmons in. They said that. Blackwell's coming back in, so Clifford's going to get some days off here. Yeah, this should be for the right reason. I think Clifford's come in okay, uh, and done a, a pretty good job overall. Did he take a stupid penalty in, in Nashville? Yes. Do you mm-hmm. remind him of that? Yes. But you don't want to necessarily have these guys thinking that they're on you know, a game-to-game basis. I don't think you want to go in towards the playoffs. See, I think they do. Thinking that, uh, am I in? Am I out? Uh, I'm so worried about thinking if I'm in the lineup or not on the, uh, or out of the lineup. I can't focus on, on, on visualizing doing well on the ice. I'm just thinking about whether I'm playing or not. I think they think healthy competition will spur guys to get the most out of the fourth line, like, you know, if you, if you don't play well every night, it's I, you're not playing the next I game. I don't like that. I hate not going back to a line that looked good. Like, against, yeah. like, they just looked good. Why not give it another shot and then get him back in against his former team on Philly? It's That's just a, a really weird good move. point, too, just because they only played one game together. They and, went one for one, and then they're like, oh, back to the, what we did before. And it's like, ah, hang on. Mm. Maybe that should have got a little bit more run. Yeah, you can talk me into lead. I, I, so then, I think it's fair to say, the Simmons as a personality thing is maybe harder for the Leafs. This is the thing. When you sign a guy who's a big name, he's famous, he's Toronto, he's Wayne Simmons, it's harder to sit him than it is to sit Colin Blackwell. It's harder oh to sit him gosh, than it is to I sit. I hope not. Oh, for sure oh, it is. definitely, Kipper. For sure. It's a big deal. Simmons starts getting pissed off with the organization, hasn't played. Uh, you know. That's not the NHL I know. Well, it's just among proven veteran guys, I think it's I uh, when it's ego. over, it's over when it's on its last legs, it's on its last legs. You'll play when we say you play and uh, just deal with it. I mean, that's how that's, it should be. But that's I don't my think NHL. I don't think that's how it goes at all. I think guys have huge egos and they have to be torn from the ring. Oh boy, I do. Then I think Kyle's uh, doesn't have his priority straight. If that's the case, I think it was awkward with Joe Thornton, who probably got more than he should have. In, in the playoffs last yeah. year, I think it was awkward with and, Patrick and, Marlowe. And, and, and it came back to bite them in the ass. I know. So can you learn from that then? Good point. I, it's a bigger conversation about the veterans that have been brought in here that feel as though they're owed some sort of, and I'm not saying this about Simmons, but I'm just saying as a general conversation, yeah. bringing in the cheaper veterans who used to be a more elite player that come here towards the end of their career and then having the talk with them being like hey that's a lot to put on Keith and that you know because I'm sure it's Keith that's having these conversations with them no it's not I don't think Dubas is doing it it would depend it depends how much how many promises who made to who I guess whom uh, yeah that that is a, a tough spot for Sheldon Keith. obviously is a fairly young coach in the NHL to have to go to a guy with a thousand games and say ah we like Blackwell better and I I love Blackwell the what I've seen from him I'm upset that he's not playing tonight. He was getting some momentum going. He's been good every game. And how about this? Fun to watch. I know. That's what I mean. And I think you can move him up and down the lineup and not uh, be hurt by it. That's all. I mean, if even if you... If you'd say you took bunting out, maybe you move Mikheyev up. Maybe you move... Uh, 
Blackwell up. Maybe you, you, you split time between the two of them. I, I don't know. But those are, those, are, those are good looks that you may need in game two or game three. Do them now. It's fine. What if, you know, there's an injury higher up the lineup? You certainly can't move any of the fourth line up the lineup now, right? Given the names. Like you're not going to put Clifford to go play those guys or, you know, Simmons on a top line. And, yeah, you never know. Maybe it ends up biting them. They, they lose a point tonight and they miss home ice. You know, these decisions can end up mattering quite a bit. And uh, is is the college kid there, Nick uh, Ambrizzi? Ambrizzi. 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 Okay. I want what was nickname. We're nicknaming this guy. I want Simmons in the lineup every game. If I have to pronounce, <laughs> if if I have to pronounce this guy's name on the fourth line, Ambrizzi. 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 That sounds easy. My goodness. <laughs> that was a good joke. Okay. That's a good it's, one. Uh, is are we going to see him soon? Based on uh, uh, open season tryouts. Yeah, I would imagine you'd see him on Saturday night, wouldn't you think? I'm not. I, I don't have any inside information. Tonight was not the right night yeah. if they think it's going to be a physical game. If I'm not mistaken, he's 5'10", 170 and never played in the NHL. He's going to play because we assume they got to burn the first year of the contract. They got to burn the first year of the contract, so that it, it's going to come. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the deal, right? You sign a two year deal, and now he's in a position next year to to resign. Mm-hmm. So you, you you just I think it's uh, more uh, favorable spot in Philly against a pretty listless team that's not playing for anything. That's There's no emotion really in the game. I also think that's why Mrazek is... Or, sorry, um, Campbell's coming back then. Yeah. You know, it's just another a game for Philly. Just a game. And a lot of guys on on uh, the Jets tonight that'll be going hard to the net. Big bodies. Yeah. Tough guys. I I keep saying it, but I, I am expecting something tonight. And I'm looking forward to it. Should we talk about uh, Austin Matthews maybe scoring 50 goals tonight? Or do you, do you care Let's, about that? Do you want to do our Muzzin you update know, and get that out of the way first? Well... How far is Muzzin's close, right? Yeah, we can play the clip. Let's ask uh, Sheldon how close he is. I'd say it's day-to-day. It's getting close. Uh, I think he's, you could probably attach similar to Jack in the sense that um, while Muzz has had some practices with us, they've been, he's been red jerseyed and, and you know, uh, he's been doing quite a bit, but not full contact. Uh, so the lack of practice time for us has kind of hurt him in that sense of being comfortable and confident coming back to play, but He's real close, I would say. Okay. Do you you envision him? Uh, first of all, do you envision the Leafs having success with Muzzin in a third pair? Because mm. I don't. No? No. I love Muzzin Labushkin as my third pair. Go run into people, defend. We'll start you in the D zone. Yeah. Play. I just... I don't want to pay a guy almost $6 million a year to be on my you have third to get line. get the money out of your head and just play the best players in the right spots in the lineup. I need, again, I need Muzzin to play like a $6 million shutdown guy. What are you going to pay Gio? What's he making, six and a my, half? At his best. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's best case scenario is he can handle that, those sort of minutes. And, you know, you're in a situation where Riley Brody, you know, Muzzin Hall, so Giordano Labushkin, Sammy, I got into it a little bit with your 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 morning uh, host buddy JD, who like the wants bunk. the tarpless one wants Geo signed like yesterday. He's so nervous right now. I do too. I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see your I'm face. Sorry, I'm glad it, he's not the GM. I just wanted to see your face. Ah, uh, you know, just can, give him can, can three we get or four million. Week? Nah, I listen. He's been I, good. I have been. And a great influence. I've been, my expectations have been exceeded as to what 
he, they were going to yeah. get from Giordano. It, it hasn't you? He's been playing in I Seattle. Mean, I think he's done exactly what we thought. He'd come in and be a calming influence. Uh, whether or not eventually some scenarios where foot speed comes into play is is always going to be a concern for a soon-to-be 39-year-old. But he has had an effect on that blue line that has rippled right through the hockey club. And he's the, the IQ never leaves. The feet may, mm-hmm. but the IQ, the hockey IQ won't leave. And he has had that effect where you don't have to go a 1,000 miles an hour yeah. all the time. You can slow things down and still control uh, a good portion of the of the game. It would be fun to do, like, the best old slow team. Like, I thought that Yager was really good for a lot of years. After he lost a step, he still found a way to be effective with that body positioning. Joe Thornton, you don't like him now, but he's been slow for six years, and he's been, he had some very good seasons, is not as fast as he once was. You know, there are some guys who can continue to keep up their play just with their brain. John has been What do you... And he, <laughs> what do you guys think of Hall and uh, and Giordano as a pair? I love it. I think Giordano is Jake Muzzin to me. Hall's been much better, eh? The last yeah. uh, few weeks. Yeah, so he's just fine, huh? Took that puck in the brain, and there's blood in his visor. He's stitches. fine. Stitches. So the puck didn't cause the stitches, or the yeah. pu- it did. Yeah, because the puck seemed to hit him here, and there's blood. Okay. No, no, it's just you start leaking everywhere. <laughs> he just shoots blood yes. out the front here. Yeah, yeah, it didn't look good. And he got a penalty for getting pulled down by a stick in that one too. Would you uh, would you buy into the Geo negotiations going uh, the same way as the Jason Spezza negotiations the last few years? I would. Your sign on the the minimum uh, bottom line here. I love that idea very much. See, this is the problem when you do that. When you get guys to do that like a Wayne Simmons, and then you also don't want to play them, you have guys going, why am I here again? Like, what if Gio starts to slow down and he's taking a discount to be there? And I don't know. Just give him a couple it, million. It, it, but the, the the precedent has been set. That's, I think you're way off on this. That's uh, I think you're way off. I do. You think uh, he'll sign for three or four million bucks? He's still a very good defenseman, like a top four NHL defenseman. I, I don't think you can, can say you the fit same him for him at three or four next year with the cap only going up one. No. And you have. No, you can't. No goalies. <laughs> you have no goalies. I guess that depends. Can you make Peter Mrazek uh, disappear? R- yeah. Can you find a way to do that? No, and all you of a sudden you got 3.9 mil. No, you can't. The answer Plus, is no, you can't. Oh. That's why you have to beg no, Gio to take the Jason Spezza deal. Peter Mrazek, Arizona Coyotes, ASU-style goaltender. Is Sammy still driving Mikheyev to the airport? No. Or is he back at 4-plus? What do you think, Mikheyev? On the open free market? agent right now, what does someone give him? He's 27? I, I think he's uh, in the ballpark of 3-8, uh, 4-2, 4-5. If someone wants to get really stupid... Then you can go up four, seven, five. Oh, get out of here! It's a three, isn't it? Three. Oh, okay. Let's ha- let's let's go back a year and substitute McCaves for Hyman because you are no different than about a million other people that I talked to that said not a snowball's chance, and you know what? Hyman's going to get paid over five million bucks. Mm. And then it gets stupid. Free agency. They overspend. 
McCabe's a good hockey player right now. Yeah. That can do a lot of different things. There's not too many guys that, uh, that have that size that can skate like that. And if he's figured it out a little bit with his hands, that makes him a valuable guy. He does. And so I agree there. The only thing he doesn't have is the longevity of having proved even score. Zach Hyman had, what, three years of scoring 25, 30 goals, whatever the numbers were. Mikheyev has one hot run here where it's like, hey, this guy might be able to score. That might change things a bit. Anyway. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. Sean Reynolds is going to join us, Sportsnet reporter based out of Winnipeg. He's going to give us uh, the latest on the Jets and what last night's overtime win in Buffalo did for them. A controversial uh, shootout goal where Blake Wheeler comes in, hits the brakes, and still scores. (laughs) We'll get your thoughts, JB, after the break, whether this goal should have uh, counted or not. We'll get into that with Sean as well. And uh, in the second hour, Mike Rupp, NHL Network analyst, former NHLer, he'll stop by as well to give us his takes on uh, Nate McKinnon coming back a little early off of a injury that we thought may have cost him more time. That and more on Real Kipper and Born, show number 123. The code word for today's episode to text 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Buffalo tickets on April 12th is Sabres. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Toronto Maple Leafs entertaining the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Winners of seven of nine. So they, they're they coming in feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. No Kyle Connor, who's arguably their MVP this year. He scores like crazy. Nate Schmidt also out of the lineup. COVID. Really? Yes. People still get that? Yes. I mean, I'm not saying in the world or just yeah, the NHL. No, they they've got, been doing uh, this. Of they've got... Their eyes uh, and ears. They, they got... Uh, they tested positive, I guess, they were five days now in quarantine. Is this like the first case we've heard of in the NHL? Not that it's the first case, but the first one we've heard of in like three months. This is like, we haven't heard this like for two variants, maybe. <laughs> yeah. okay. back, back since the days of Moo. All right, let's bring in Sean Reynolds, of course, uh, Sportsnet reporter, uh, covers the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Sean, thanks for doing this, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. So... When sometimes it's a cliche when you throw out must win, but in this case, is it true for Winnipeg? Uh, I, I think they've been in must win territory for a long time. And to be honest, the one thing that's happened here is uh, the Jets were quite a bit out of this. And so they not only need to win, but they need help. And the interesting part about it is the teams that they've been chasing have been falling apart around them. Like Vancouver recently has had trouble. San Jose was ahead of them. They entirely fell apart. Anaheim, uh, Vegas is doing their best to turn this into a race. So I don't think you can call it must win because there's all these teams around the Jets uh, that the Jets have needed to lose. And those teams are gladly obliging at this stage. So, but, but, but the fact of the matter is the, the, the playoff line should end up being around 96 to 98 points, which mean the Jets have room for three losses left on this season. And they've got a murderer's row of a trip 
uh, towards the end of the year where they got to go play the two teams in Florida. They got to play Carolina and they got to play the New York Rangers. I mean, you could very easily see them losing their three games in that block right there. And that's not even including the games they have outside of that. Again, two against Colorado and one against Calgary. So they, they really can't afford any losses. Uh, but what we've seen from them lately is the, the interesting part about this, they just played six te- teams, six straight games against teams outside of the playoff line, below the playoff line. And the Jets were the second best team in four of those games. And yet they walked out of that stretch with 10 of 12 points. So something is going on with this team right now. The hockey gods are smiling on them with the other teams losing around them and them winning games they probably shouldn't win. Uh, and it's keeping things interesting around here. All, all you can do if you're the Jets is just win. We, you know, play, play the games ahead of you. Take care of that business. Do you think then that that is the of the utmost focus for them? Do you think there's any lingering animosity from the last uh, brouhaha, Donnie Brook melee, or whatever the words that we use, Sammy? Anyway, do you think there's any lingering animosity from that, or is it just going to be the focus on hockey tonight for the Jets? Like, not on the Jets' side, and I don't think that they would have any animosity because they walked away from that one kind of laughing and giggling about that one. I I have to say, I I wasn't the biggest fan of how the Jets handled that situation. You know, I heard the criticism out of Toronto and them saying, you know, the Jets were acting like they'd won the Stanley Cup by winning that game. Uh, I know know Kipper is going to look at that game and probably have issue with what happened there. I mean, Logan Stanley... First off, is asked to engage with Wayne Simmons. Wouldn't do it, but then when Simmons is in the box, he starts beacon him when he's in the box. Uh, and, and then later in the game, the, the, the celebration he has at the end, I, I didn't understand the celebration at the time because they didn't really get to fight. So it's almost like he's celebrating rubbing it in, in Wayne Simmons' face that, you know, they, they mugged Austin Matthews and, and they got away with it. You know, the ref right. got in and broke everything up. And so it seemed like a kind of a, a na-na-na-na-na celebration of, I know we got you guys angry and you're all fired up, and, but we walked away with the points and you walked away not getting your retribution. So to me, if anyone's heated here, it's the least. They're the ones who are kind of sore about the way things went. The Jets seem to be just fine with how that went. So I, I don't think the Jets feel they need retribution. They, they feel like they can walk in and just focus on the two points in this game. Uh, and, and if you know, to be honest, Toronto lost their cool in that game. They, they stopped focusing on winning that game and started focusing on getting back at the Jets, which they never did. If they keep that focus going into this game and, you know, kind of lose the plot like they did last game and lose the two points, that's exactly what the Jets want. And I'll tell you this about Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was the guy I see really kind of started that whole thing there. Mm. This is just the way he plays. He plays right up to that line. So he doesn't have to get up for games like this. His natural state is going to be going out and, you know, kind of throwing an elbow or roughing up Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, whoever he can get his hands on. He toes that line really well. So I do see this being one of those things where the Jets can start something, get the Leafs fired up, and if they don't handle this properly, they're going to find themselves on the wrong side of the score they, the way they did in Winnipeg earlier in the year. Sean, we've done a lot of shows here with the Leafs, and the tone that we got out of Sheldon today uh, from his press conference is that the Leafs, especially with the fact that uh, they're, they're playing Wayne Simmons, really suggests to me that they will be the aggressors on this, and they will be out there... And I can't see a scenario, guys, that we don't see Simmons and Logan Stanley square off. 
Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, Wayne, Wayne tried to do it numerous times in that last game and, and never really pulled it off. So I, I, I don't know that that's the way it goes. I'll, I'll be completely and totally honest. I think it's a mistake for the Leafs to go down that road. I love the idea of standing up for your guys. You know, I, I love that kind of hockey. Um, and you know what? If you're a team that can handle it right, uh, and, and maybe they've learned their lessons since then. I know that the last game the Leafs played against the Boston Bruins was a rough-and-tumble game, and they handled that well enough to come out on the right side of it. Um, but the one thing that the Winnipeg Jets do when it comes to their power play, the numbers will tell you it hasn't been the best power play this year, but when they get into those kind of games where it's not just a penalty and they're out on the power play, but when they feel like things are getting heated that seems to bring a little bit of extra juice to their power play and, and that's how they bury teams that's how they bur- buried the, the least last time they played so when you get Shifley and Wheeler and Josh Morrissey and Pierre Dubois out with that extra man advantage if Wayne Simmons is running around doing things and creating pe- penalties the Jets have this uncanny ability when these, t- these games get really heated to really capitalize on the power play. So if the Leafs want to play the game that way, I can tell you right now, the Jets are hearing everything they want to hear. They played last night. They could be a little tired. Like you guys said, they do not have room for losses. So if the Leafs want to, in a way, hand the Jets a victory because they want to go out and get retribution in this game, the Jets are going to be all for it. I'm sure they're happy with everything they're hearing. So, Sean, where do the Jets go from here this season? You know, looking at this roster, it's not quite a cup contender, I think we could fairly say, but there's tons of, much well, tons, but there's good pieces. They got some good things going on. Do you see a path where the Jets can go you know, the, from being sort of a middle-of-the-pack NHL team to one that can get right back to competitive in the West? Okay, so the, the storyline that you keep being here, heard sold here in Winnipeg is that of the Calgary Flames, who last right. year were an absolute dumpster fire, and now all of a sudden they change their coach, add a few players, and all of a sudden are looking absolutely terrifying heading into the playoffs. That's, the, the, that's what the storyline you keep being sold here in Winnipeg. And the one thing about this Jets team is when they do turn it on, I mean, they're capable guys. This is a team that I think everyone, I would think that, you know, most of you feel this way as well, that this is a highly underachieving Jets team. And the reason we think that is there's these moments where, you know, Tampa comes rolling into town and the Jets beat them seven to four, right? And, and you know, there, there's been some cases of that this year where they've played some really good teams and taken it to those teams. So when everything lines up for this team, they still look like, the, the roster is highly capable. So I know that there's a lot of people feeling that, you know, uh, that if things don't work out well for the Jets and they miss the playoffs, that people are going to be talk- tempted to, to blow it up. I think the pieces that you would need to move, on, uh, move off of aren't necessarily easy to move. And the one thing that has happened here is Dave Lowry has moved in, and he's a different guy than Paul Maurice, but they've kept all the same kind of philosophies and, and structures in place. So the one place that this Jets roster hasn't gone is with a new coach, with a new philosophy to entirely change things up the way that they did in Calgary. And I do think that Kevin Sheveldayoff really, really believes in this group of players and that that's, you know, maybe that one last bullet in the chamber 
that they haven't pulled the trigger on here in this market is going and finding a different coach with a different philosophy that could t- approach this team in a different way and maybe get the result that has been lacking so far. So I know a lot of people and guys, a lot of journalists in this market think differently than I do. Um, what I've heard, you know, the way that the Jets fa- fairly stood pat at the trade deadline and are still trying to make the playoffs, I think shows a high belief in them from their general manager. I wouldn't be surprised if that belief extended into the off season and we saw more or less tinkering rather than fully tearing apart this roster. Uh, I, I think they like what they have here. They believe in it. And I wouldn't be surprised to, get, to see them give this roster one more chance with another uh, coach. Really? So, so Lowry's, is that, is that kind of a foregone conclusion? He will not take over as a, a permanent coach? I mean, I would think so. His his numbers until very recently, until this stretch of hockey, again, that they've put up all these points, but they really haven't looked good doing it. Um, before that, he was basically a 500 coach. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, it's a foregone conclusion, but this isn't one of those situations where, you know, like in Montreal, where Marty St. Louis has made this look like an entirely different team and certain players have absolutely come alive. The Jets don't look that much different than they did under Paul Maurice. And again, a lot of that will have to do with their following the same systems. Um, maybe just maybe Dave Lowry will be able to go and say, listen, I, I come from the, the Sutter school of coaching. I can give you different results if I have time in the off season to build different strategies and different plans. Uh, so, so maybe that is still there, but you know, as far as tryouts go, what he's done with the team since he took them over does not scream a guy that needs to be given a second chance. And like I said, if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff, you need to sell to your owner that, yes, we have something here. We just need to get a drastically different direction going with a different coach. I don't think you'd get that with Dave Lowry. So if that is the bullet in the chamber they want to use, I think you have to find a new coach to use that. Sean, I'm told uh, we got to let you go. You're a busy yeah. guy. Really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. A- anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. I'd love to do it again. Uh, Sean thanks, Reynolds, Sean. Sportsnet reporter based out of uh, Winnipeg, of course. Hey, Sammy, you're in my ear. Tell him, let him go, let him go. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. You won't shut up. <laughs> I'm not holding him back. <laughs> the last question, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. He, he said some good stuff there. I, I like him I, just in time. I actually really like that the Jets Flames parallel. It's an interesting one. You know what? I think the Flames are going to ruin a lot of teams. Mm. You know, seeing a team do what they did. You know how how rare is I that? don't know if it's that simple, guys. No. And I was the first guy that said, you will never win with Johnny Hockey and uh, Sean Monaghan leading the way. And I'd be wrong. One, 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 one I'm wrong and the other one I'm right. Right? Because mm. Sean, uh, unfortunately for Monaghan, it's gone completely south for him from the third line the fourth line healthy scratch uh but johnny hockey daryl sutter's the best thing that ever happened to him yeah it seems like he's got him focused on the whole game his plus minus uh say what you will about it he's like plus 50 so if we just substitute johnny hockey and sean monahan then we got to look at winnipeg and go shifley and wheeler uh can you still win with these two guys leading the way in the next year or two there's Contract issues, I think, if I'm not mistaken, can you go to Cap Friendly real quick? Yes. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Shifley still has two years. Wheeler has, I yeah. don't know, three? No, more, I think. Four? We, no, sorry, you're right. So it's just two more for Wheeler after this season. Yes. So this plus two, Shifley is this plus two. So 
they're not going anywhere anytime soon unless you want to think about moving one of them. No move uh, clause, entire no move for Wheeler, and a modified no trade for Shifley. And Wheeler's been a lot better. Eight points, I think, in his last six, two and six, including a goal and this shootout goal last night where everybody's sitting there going, okay, he's, he comes in and he's he's almost pivoting backwards. Yeah. But how many times have you seen it? What are your thoughts? Well, Kuznetsov scored the same goal on Buffalo two nights earlier where you dial it down. It's Patrick Kane was the uh, pioneer of the go so slow it's painful and shoot it into the net uh, play. Here's what I think of that play. People are like, did he go backwards? Did he go forwards? Uh, you know, quibbling, you and I broke down the frame by frame. To me, it just violates the spirit of what a penalty mm-hmm. shot is. And so I don't like it. The idea is, no defenseman, you go take your shot. Go take your shot on the goalie and see if you can score. You could, in theory, take a half an hour creeping down there inch no, by inch. Well, you could. You and so where, But you have to make forward... Sure. Progress. Okay, so you could take 10 minutes creeping your way down. But my point is this. This doesn't happen in the flow of hockey. There's no scenario where the shooter gets to just take a nap. And that, to me, we're we're looking to find the best hockey team in a game. Some of the angles that the guys want to come in now. like Come way out from the boards. Do I have a a pocket full of quarters? Am I playing centipede here? They're going, (laughs) like, left and right and left and right. Everybody tries to reinvent the wheel, and we've talked about it before. F- speed, snapper, low blocker, speed, backhand, top corner. Those two well, moves work every time. They're great. They're great. Those no, they are, work. Those are staples. And I'm not asking the league to say, everyone go down there and take a slap shot. No, but skate fast. You just know skate fast. I don't know why the, the slow is way. And if, I've, okay, so we have to talk about why didn't Craig Anderson just knock the puck away? Well, he was in the a crease. Simple folk check. You was got, in the you crease. You to watch the a highlights Johnny of that. He's, he's wiggling on the goal line just like poke this. Poke away. Uh, Wheeler handles the puck three times in the blue. Yes, just poke it away. But at the same time, you shouldn't be able to stop. It's annoying. And I'm a, I'm a shootout purist. I like the shootout when the Leafs aren't involved. I like looking at the moves that guys try. I like all the different stuff. And it's a it's a epidemic of guys trying to do these stupid, slow weave-in because every move's been done and they think they got to do something new and try something new. And it's just, it's not, it's not rocket science. Sam, Fast, you, you hard just love snapper. Robert Reichel to come down and take a slapper no, at the pillows. I like a hard snapper or backhand. Those two work every time. I don't know why they try to reinvent it. Because they don't work every time. They do. That's why. <laughs> Redeem Verbata scored the same shootout goal. Ron's Nielsen's the backhand shelf king. Back- Did you watch uh, L- LA and Edmonton's shootout last night? I didn't know. Just more the David same. and Dreisaitl, just goals. Yeah. Like one sh- just overpowers you with a shot. McDavid comes in and gives you the shake and bake. And yeah. Jonathan Quick was fantastic last night, but I felt bad for him and any other You love the McDavid uh, disallowed goal, huh? I did because uh, it, was, uh, it was an all power. And he did kind of look like Austin a little bit. Uh, Very Matthewsy goal. Protecting the puck. Kopitar on his back. Yes. And Shaking Sean Dersey who can't defend a lick. Right, Sam? Kopitar. <laughs> Kopitar's a, a pretty good pretty good 200-foot guy. Won a couple Selkies. And he, he, had, he had his hands full Yeah. last night. Yeah, I, I was watching that game when I was flicking back and forth between that and being uh, frustrated by Canada soccer. But um, Sean Dersey's a player, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you say that like you're depressed. 
I love Sean Dersey. Uh, played known sound as I've mentioned before. And he's the one that got away. He will all. He's just Mason Marshman's the one that got away. No, Dersey for me. Yeah. Right hand shot, good skating defenseman plays physical except for when he was getting bodied by mcdavid snaps the puck around playing on the first power play unit for a playoff team i and hey it's a trade you got to make 10 times out of 10 when you made it there you're at different points of your of your trajectories with the kings and the Leafs when they traded Muzzin into the Leafs. i understand it i'm not gonna say it's a bad trade but the receipts are coming here on that one and it's it's scary and grunstrom looked pretty good for them too last night he's competing he's yeah. he's contributing to the lineup i i don't like it I'm not going to like that one. I don't like it. And Drew Doughty's out. Drew Doughty's still out. The Kings are pretty decent. Like the still though, tough not to watch that game. Like you feel like the Oilers are going to get through a round. Do you not? Like I know the Kings are fine. Their goal differential of minus two or whatever they are. Like the the Oilers have by far what looks like the the clearest path through a round of postseason hockey. Hate to jinx it. Are are uh, they're just not. Deep enough. No. And I think Jay Woodcroft's done a heck of a job so far. And he's got some uh, youthful energy now going through the team, which he didn't have before. Yamamoto, um, McLeod. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan McLeod's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. And uh, who am I missing now that just came back as well? Well, they got Derek Broussard, Yamamoto, Puglia Yarvi, um, Archibald. Archibald. Yep. Yeah. In your face, Archibald. But... I don't know. I I just don't think Drysaddle. It's almost like the Leafs right now. Every night, Marner, Matthews, Drysaddle, McDavid. They have to go two points a night. Yeah, I, for the team to win. Yeah, Drysaddle had some comments after the game about um, the goal chase and Matthews, and he said, "You know that guy over there. He's pretty good. He's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I want to beat him." Like he has the goal chase in mind. We're at the point of the season where he was like, I, I'm, I'm coming, you know, trying to get to that number. So there was a, a great clip. Uh, speaking of uh, great goal scorers of Patrick Liney, did you catch that the other day? No. What did he say? Somebody asked him. Uh, the Daryl Sutter of players. Great. He, great yeah. Lines. He just uh, stone faced somebody. Uh, somebody asked him uh, on one particular play, did you shoot to for somebody to? play the rebound and he's just stone face. He goes, I don't shoot for rebounds. I shoot to score. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Just awesome. like, yeah. What are you dumb? Have you watched me play? So uh, I don't shoot for rebounds. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned uh line. A. I was just looking, cause we were talking about the jets. I was just looking at that 2018, 2019 roster when they got to the conference finals, when it really looked like they were destined and they ran into red hot Mark Andre Fleury. Remember that he was just out of control. Good for the, for yeah. the, for the Knights, it's just the decor. What it was then versus now is the biggest, by far wow. biggest. Like Led I mean, by Bufflin, they, yeah, they, but they never recovered listen, from the loss of Bufflin. Truba, Myers, Morrissey, Bufflin, Ben Sherratt, Kulikov. Like oh, they God, had a that was good. They had a really strong, deep decor, and during that, those years of them being good, and they've just never recovered. Like you said, after Bufflin left, Truba's shown me. Much more than I, I thought. Yeah. I thought at times he made poor decisions in Winnipeg, and there's just somewhere he kind of got lost a little bit on the ice, on, mm. on, on his true identity. But I sure like him in New York. He is, you know, I sort of the hockey he, he's fights. He's a good guy, too. He's good in yeah. the room. He answers, the, looks people in the eye, media, teammates love him, coaches love him. 
His, uh, I want to say he's near the top of the league in fighting majors this year, which was uh, surprising. Well, because he got challenged. Every time he knocked somebody over, somebody challenged him. Yeah. Yeah, there was a few games. He went through a run where he was just (laughs) like like mammoth hits. Yeah. The one on McKinnon. Which you don't see anymore. Tanner Janot has fought 12 times this season. Who's that? that. Tanner Janot in Nashville. Delorier's got 11. I mean... Marcus Foligno nine still in the uh, Calder race. Leader? Oh, I, I think the guy. I think the guy that you said should be maybe sitting out a game is leading the Calder race and everything. I think he's got fifty points. Got to be. He's in in the conversation anyway. I think he might be first in rookie points. I can usually tell you these things fairly quickly, but I can't right now. 